Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. It's the mantra of every good parent. Don't eat all that junk food because it will ruin your dinner. If you're a good parent, at some time you've probably said that. I mean, I guess really good parents just don't have junk food in their houses, but we were never that good, so there was always junk food around. But given to their own cravings, I know children will almost always choose junk food over the diet that their bodies actually need. Children will, will choose candy over carrots all day long. They will choose popcorn over peas, chocolate over cauliflower. They, they will choose, at best, fruit snacks over real fruit. I will choose fruit snacks over real fruit. And you know, my wife buys these little, little packets of fruit snacks that come, you know, a bunch of packets in one box. And I'm a big boy, so I can't just eat one. I, when I go to the pantry, I always grab at least two of those before I go sit on the couch, and, and that's how I operate. And, you know, they say fruit on them, and, and some of them say made with real fruit. I doubt very seriously how good they are, that they're good for you. But it's so much better than actually eating actual fruit. So junk food, will it, will it curb the hunger in the moment? Yes. I mean, if you're really hungry, it'll curb that, that, that appetite that you have. But is it the nourishment that, that we need? Absolutely not. It's not what you need to, to, to live a healthy lifestyle. In the same sense, we will often fill up on the cravings that the world offers and forfeit the hunger that truly satisfies. You heard me correctly. There is a hunger that truly satisfies the soul, the spirit of a person. Our exclusive diet of worldly pursuits and lustful desires is a counterfeit satisfaction that temporarily fills us up but leaves us deprived spiritually. Sadly, there are many people that know the answer to spiritual fulfillment, but they're not disciplined enough to truly pursue it. For those of you that, that know me well, you know that I have some pretty serious back issues that, that limits my activity. And, and I often find myself in a catch-22 because the doctors are, are, are trying to avoid surgery and they tell me that if you could just lose a little weight, it won't hurt as bad. I don't need anybody agreeing with that. If those of you that just nodded your head, I mean, you speak for yourself, okay? You don't need to speak for me. And, and they're, they're right. that They are, because there's been a few moments where I have lost some weight and my back does not hurt as bad, but, but the catch-22 happens because... I can't do physical exercise, not the way that I would expect to do physical exercise that would produce weight loss. And so it's just too painful for me and, and, and my back. And so I, I understand that the only way that I can achieve that is through diet. By watching what I eat, choosing what I eat carefully in order to get the results of weight loss. I know what I need to do. I'm just not willing to do it. And I live with someone who does not help facilitate that at all. As a matter of fact, in, in preparation for this coming fast and, and every year, 
I always start weaning myself off of, of certain foods and especially sweets and stuff. And it's hard because you come out of the holiday season where there is so much. I mean, our, our counter in our, in our kitchen throughout the holidays, it was just packed full of... of and and if, if there wasn't enough baked goods, then somebody drops off Krispy Kreme donuts. So we got Krispy Kreme donuts sitting right there. And, and, and there's all this temptation there. And so we, we were getting to the end of it. You know, when, when things, some of the sweets and, and cakes and different things, they start getting hard and you're like, eh, you know, they're not as good as they once were. And then you can walk by them and you don't have to have them and all that. So we were getting to that point when all of a sudden my wife decides she's going to cook chocolate chip cookies, which is one of my favorites. I love chocolate chip cookies. And I walked in the kitchen, I looked at her and I said, woman, what are you doing you know that we are about to go on this 21-day fast. I'm trying to wean myself off of this. Why are you doing this? She says, because they're good. <laughs> I said, get thee behind me, Satan. Men, here's a, here's a little lesson for you. Unless you're standing in the pulpit and you're anointed, don't ever call your wife Satan, okay? It does not work. You'll pay for it later. I will pay for it later. I'm not that anointed. I know what I need to do. I'm just not willing to do it. And I'm afraid that that's what happens to us spiritually is that we know that there's spiritual disciplines that draw us in closer to our God. We know this. We hear this. We've heard it preached. We, we, we understand what it takes, but we are just not willing to put in the effort to see it come to pass. Because we prefer to fill up on worldly junk food instead. Standing at the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus made some challenging statements. When he said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. He'd go on to say in the same sermon, Matthew 6 and 33, he said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Was this just spiritual lingo that tickled the ears of the gathered crowd? Or, or was this cultish jargon that, that only the elite Christ followers would understand? Not at all. When Christ said these words, it was experience speaking. What you need to understand about your Savior... God who became flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. We just celebrated it with Christmas. What you need to understand about him is that he will never ask you to do what he himself is not willing to do or has done. He allowed himself to become human to experience the same desires, hurts, temptations, and everything that we experience. And so this, this wasn't some, some Christianese just coming out of his mouth that only a select few could understand. This was his experience talking because just one chapter earlier, Matthew chapter 4, which is where we're going to read from today, just one chapter earlier, he had to walk out the very thing that he was now preaching to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He had to walk that out so that when he stood on the mountainside preaching the most incredible sermon ever shared, he could say things with authority because he understood that it was truth because he already walked it out.
Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Have you ever come off one of the most successful seasons of your life only to enter into one of the most treacherous and challenging seasons of your life? I mean, life was good, and all of a sudden, it wasn't anymore. You were on cloud nine. You know what that feels like. You're on cloud nine, and then the error was let out of your cloud, and and, and it just kind of spiraled out of control like a balloon deflating. You, You were standing on a Persian rug when all of a sudden that rug was pulled out from underneath you. You exited 2019 with such hope and promise, and then March 2020 comes around, and the next nine months were less than what you hoped for. It's certainly not what you signed up for. If the answer is yes, if you've been there, you're in good company. Jesus was just baptized, and as he was walking up to be baptized by John the Baptist, his cousin, John introduces him to the crowd. It's the first introduction of his deity. And he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That's how he introduced his cousin. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Bible tells us that after he was baptized, as he comes up out of the water, that his heavenly father spoke from heaven, and he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then to make the event even more splendid, the Bible says the Holy Spirit descended, it was a dove, and it descended and it landed on Jesus. What a remarkable experience. To have the approval of the first prophet to speak in 400 years, John the Baptist, and he announces you as the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then a heavenly voice, your heavenly Father, says, This is my Son, I am well pleased with him. And then he sends a dove and it lands on you. You're talking about a spectacular event. And he immediately leaves that, that, that spot, that's that, that place of, of such assurance. 
acceptance, a place of security. And he goes to the wilderness to fast for 40 days. And while there, he is tempted by Satan. I walked into 2020 with such great expectations. I expected that during the first quarter of 2020 that we would be moving into this facility. I felt like there were people around me who were strong, that they were ready. I felt like there were some people that had my back no matter what. It's amazing how a few months and a little or to no contact can, can change someone's feelings about you. I expected a huge celebration as we walked into this building. After that celebration, I expected a season of rest after 11 and a half years being portable in a middle school. I expected a season of rest. Like you, my expectations of 2020 didn't come to pass. Because what I did is I entered into the greatest spiritual battle of my lifetime. I very humbly admit to you right now that it is only by the grace of God that I mentally survived 2020. And my wife and my staff and only a few close friends understand what I mean by this. The enemy was out to destroy me. And it felt like at every turn there was a new battle. I have never been more attacked in my life than I was in 2020. You take all of that and I guess the icing on the cake was losing my father. To a sickness that none of us can understand. And we're still scratching our heads trying to figure out how to deal with this thing. <clears throat> the fact that you're here is an encouragement to me and you don't even know it. We had people leave the church because we opened too soon and too careless. We had people leave the church because we caved into the government and had any COVID standards in place, and they didn't feel like that was right. You put all that with COVID. And some people really staying home. I get it. Staying home because 
There's concerns and the spread of a virus. And, and, and even in all that, I see God's hand moving because our online presence is stronger than it's ever been. And if you're at home and you're, you're watching this and you have COVID concerns, I get it and there's no ridicule here. But I need everyone in the room to understand that there's some people that just simply fell through the cracks because we didn't know who was staying home and who wasn't and for what reasons. To pastor a church during 2020 was a guessing game. For nine months, I didn't know where the next attack was coming from. It almost became comical. Okay. There's the next, the next gut punch. I get it. The enemy was out to destroy me mentally and spiritually on top of the physical struggles that I sometimes face with my lower back. Nine months. You know what it feels like because you walked through the same nine months. It may not have been the same exact struggles or circumstances, but you too had to go right through nine months of unexpected, unexpected circumstances. Like a young mother excited about the baby bump and the great healthy hair that comes with being pregnant. Only to be inundated with morning sickness and bed rest. We found ourselves in the middle of an unexpected unknown with no light at the end of the tunnel. And what's more troubling about all of this is when you realize that sometimes it's part of God's great plan. You don't want to hear this. Some of you would rather stay home and not hear this today. But there's hope. But sometimes you have to step back and look at it and realize that none of this caught God off guard. None of not Not one day of 2020 caught God off guard. Not one moment during those nine months was God caught off guard. First verse of our text, Matthew 4 and 1, it tells us, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the, de by the devil. He, he was led by who? He, he was led by the Spirit, capital S, the, but the Holy Spirit of God led him into the wilderness. Why? To be tempted by the devil. Oh, no, pastor. I don't read it like that. Don't you dare try to convince me. I'm just reading you what it says. He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But, Pastor, God won't send you into enemy territory. Oh, yeah? Just ask the disciples that, that Jesus made them get into the boat and sent them into the storm. If he truly is omniscient, he knew what we were walking into. Sometimes God has more faith in you than you have in yourself. And there was this moment when I realized in 2020 that God had more faith in me than I had in me. That it didn't matter what anybody else thought about me. It didn't matter what anybody else thought about this church. That God still had a plan and God still had a purpose and nothing that the enemy would throw at me or at this church or at you was going to thwart that. Nothing was going to change the fact that God had his hand on us. 
Nine months. Nine months. You know what happens at the end of nine months, right? You give birth. And now I'm looking at what God has created and I'm looking at the, the vision that God has given us and I'm watching it unfold and I see new faces and, and, and I see new salvations and I'm seeing people turn to God. I'm seeing marriages restored. I am seeing deliverance. I'm watching it being birthed right before my very eyes. But man, did we have to go through some labor pains to get here. Three temptations Christ faced in the wilderness really quickly. First one was this. Satan looked at him and said, command these stones to become loaves of bread. This is the temptation to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way. Turn, if you are the son of God, then turn these stones into bread. I know you're hungry. You've been fasting for 40 days. If you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. And Jesus reaches back into Jewish history and he sees what is really at stake. And he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 3. And he says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Listen, you want to survive 21 days of, fast, of fasting and prayer? You listen, you fill up on the word of the Lord. You get in his word. You, you, you bow down on your knees and you listen to what he wants to say. You fill up on his word. Jesus knew that after 400 years of slavery in Egypt, that God rescued them from the hands of Pharaoh. He knew, he knew his history. He, he knew that, that for 40 years in the wilderness, God fed them manna, bread from heaven. Every single day, God provided bread from heaven, food for them, daily bread. And they were learning that God could be trusted with their daily needs and he knew standing in that moment with in the wilderness was Satan tempting him to change these stones into bread he doesn't need to meet a legitimate need in an illegitimate way because God can be trusted the second temptation was throw yourself from the top of this temple and God will command his angels concerning you to save you this is the temptation church to try and manipulate God to accomplish your will Man, let me tell you, if 2020 would have looked anything like what, what, what Rocky wanted it to look like, it wouldn't look like this right now. But praise God that his ways are higher than mine. I don't have to lean on my, under, my own understanding because he's got it all figured out and his ways are higher. You, you, you know, we do this all the time to God. It's the temptation to try and manipulate God to accomplish your will. It, 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 it's... it's Presume and assume that God is going to bail you out. You know what this looks like. Even though the scripture says not to be unequally yoked. Parents, listen to me. I'm going to marry this person. And then I'm going to cover them in prayer because God has to change them. I'm going to allow my children to date an unbeliever. Oh, some of you parents in the room, you need to listen close to me right now. Scripture says to guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. You let your kids start dating and dating unbelievers and they're going to fall in love. Their heart is going to be put out there and the very wellspring of their life is going to suffer. You, you didn't expect this today, did you? You did not show up today thinking it was, you just thought, man, he's going to give us, you know, a New Year's resolution sermon. We're going to be good. 
I can afford to buy this on credit because I pay my tithe and God, God's going to provide a way. That's not faith. That's stupidity. I'm just going to step out on faith and trust God with no research, no plan, nothing. It wasn't even God's idea and we expect him to bail us out. He is God. He is not a genie in a lamp and you don't force his hand. Sometimes you reap what you sow because you didn't seek God's advice beforehand. If Jesus jumps from the temple at that moment, then the expectation is that God is going to bail him out when God is not the one that told him to jump. Satan is the one that told him to jump. How many of you are listening to Satan's lies in your ears and you're jumping and God has nothing to do with it and then you expect God to bail you out? Jesus reaches back and he quotes Deuteronomy 6 and, 6, 6 and 16 that says, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. The third temptation is this. I will give you all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. This is the funniest one to me. Satan really didn't think this one through. Jesus, look out there. You see, he showed him all of the kingdoms of the world. I will give you all. All you have to do is bow down to me, and I will give you all of that. The temptation to do the right thing at the wrong time using the wrong methods. Satan was saying, if you will bow down to me, I will give you all of this. Understand that man was already given authority over all creation. When man sinned, we relinquished that authority. Notice that, that Jesus, in this dialogue... He doesn't even question Satan and his authority. He doesn't. But that's why Jesus came. To take back that authority. After the crucifixion and after the resurrection of Christ, Jesus gives us the great commission, but he starts it with this. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Guess what, Satan? You had it for a season, but I'm back, and now it's mine. I have the authority. Satan tried to tempt, to tempt Jesus to reach uh, that authority by taking a shortcut. No pain, no cross, no agony. Just bow down to me and I'll give it to you. This was his destiny in life, to be the king of kings and the lord of lords. But, but all he had to do was just trust God and the timing. Listen to me. Don't you take a shortcut. You trust God and you trust God's timing. I know that you expected it to happen in 2020. But he is still God. He was still God then. He is still God today. And God will come through. And in due season, the promise will be yours. Jesus could have just bent the rules temporarily to reach that desired destination. But when he did, he would have dropped our, our, our values and, and, and of what we mean to him for that immediate success. But we were valuable to him, church. He knew that he would have to endure the cross. He knew that he would have to die. But he also knew that he would rise again with the keys to death, hell, and the grave because he understood that the authority belonged to him and not to Satan. I believe that these are the three appetites that the enemy tempts all of us with. Legitimate needs, manipulated outcomes, and forced destiny. And you don't have to worry about any of those things. The downfall of 2020 in so many of our minds is that our personal lives fell into one of those three categories. Legitimate needs, manipulated outcomes, forced destiny. But Jesus withstood the temptation 
He comes out of the wilderness and he tells us these words. You are to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You are to seek first the kingdom of God and, don't don't miss this, and his righteousness. I think so many of us want the kingdom of God, but we're not willing to walk righteousness. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. We've got to be willing to seek his righteousness in all this. He knew the power that a life seeking after God, he knew the power that it produced. It's why the psalmist said in Psalm 34 and 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. He doesn't ask you to seek these things without a promise in return. He will be good to us. On Sunday, November the 22nd, this this past year, just a couple of months ago, less than two months ago, Sunday, November the 22nd, I preached the final sermon of our series, Blueprint for Worship. We had an amazing time of worship at the end of that. And at the end of service, one of our council members, one of our administrative council members, B.J. Baden walked up to me. If you know B.J., you know he's not attention-seeking by any means. He doesn't have to be. He's like six foot forever. But for the most part, B.J.'s usually a pretty quiet person. And he walked up to me after service. And he said, Pastor, I've got a word from God for you. And as soon as he spoke it, my spirit leaped inside of me because it was exactly what God was sharing with me in preparation for this. I said, BJ, I need you to text that to me. Do not forget what you just said. Send that to me. I need this. And here's what he spoke to me. I've never seen a church that serves like DCC. But God not only desires for us to be a serving church, but also a starving church. Matthew 5 and 6 says to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And God is calling for us to hunger and thirst for his presence through this series and particularly through today's service that has begun. So that we will be a church that is hungry and thirsty for more of the presence of God. It is no secret that we are known as a serving church. The heart for serving is contagious here in this church. It starts with our leadership and it flows down through every level. At DCC, We pick up the mantle of servanthood and we follow in Christ's footsteps. We are mature in our servanthood. That is well established. It is something that will not change. 
But church, I declare to you on this first Sunday of 2021 that now we move into our next phase of maturity and we become a starving church. Not malnourished. Starving for the presence of God. Understanding that I cannot, will not, must not go through this life without the Spirit of God living inside of me. I want to be hungry for His presence. I want to be hungry to sit at His feet. The purpose of fasting is to create a physical and or intellectual hunger that facilitates our spiritual hunger for God. And I have been praying that you would be starving for His presence. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.